the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, folks. <laughs> Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, well that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. This day will go down in history as precedent-shattering. John Bickerson is smiling. Despite the lateness of the hour, the fact that he has had perhaps the hardest day of his life at the office, John Bickerson is smiling. Why? Tell us, John. Two weeks vacation with pay. <sighs> Wait till I tell Blanche, brother, how I've longed for this. I'll sew myself into the bed sheets and sleep for ten days. John? Hello, Blanche. How is my beautiful wife? What? Would you like me to bring you a glass of milk and a cookie? And here's a little present for you. You look wonderful, honey. Oh, this is awful. What's the matter? This morning I burned my hand on the stove. I ripped my only pair of nylons. My inlay fell out, and now you come home drunk. What are you talking about? I'm not drunk and you know it. Then why are you so nice to me? What's the use? When I come home tired, can't smile, she beefs. When I come home and try to be pleasant, she accuses me. Put out the lights. You're not going to bed with your shoes on. Yes, I am. I work like a horse. I might as well sleep like a horse. Why did you bring me a present? What have you been up to, John? Bring his wife a present. Oh, stop it. A husband doesn't bring his wife a present unless he's done something wrong. I've brought you a million presents and I've never done anything wrong. Never. Not since the day I married you. I wish you'd let me sleep. Sure. Sleep. 
That's the easiest way out when you've got a guilty conscience. Blanche, I tell you, I haven't got a guilty conscience. Then why did you buy me an expensive present? It isn't an expensive present. It's the crummiest present I could find. I could believe that, all right. What is it? Why don't you open it and see? I bet you've gone and thrown away your money on some stupid thing I can't even use. Oh, you can use it fine. A home beauty outfit. It's got everything, just what you need. Wrinkle cream, freckle remover, hair darkener, false eyelashes, chin reducing strap. What kind of a present do you call this? What are you hinting at? How did I know what was in it? Nobody would use this but a homely woman. Oh, that's not true. All women use it. They do not. Only the homely ones and I wouldn't touch it. The sales girl in the drugstore said she uses it all the time, and she's not half as homely as you are. What? I mean, you're just as pretty. And that's just about what happened. You walked into a drugstore, saw a pretty face, and didn't know what you were buying. I didn't look at her face at all. If you were going to buy me a present, why didn't you buy me something I could use? Why didn't you get me an ounce of taboo? What's that? My favorite perfume. Well, you've got a dresser full of perfume. Taboo, Sabu, Snafu, Sterno. Enough perfume for any woman alive. Look at those bottles. They're all empty. And it's all your fault. You left the corks out and it evaporated. I leave the cork out of my bourbon, don't I? Well, what about it? That never evaporates. You never give it a chance. I don't see why I should have to do without because of your nasty habits. What do you think makes a thing dry up, John? Wish I knew. Don't be so funny. Oh, I'm not funny. I'm sleepy. You know I worked at the office 18 hours without a let-up? That's what you said you did. That's what I did. I did it for what I thought was a good reason, but now I'm sorry. Why? Forget it. What is it, John? What happened? (gasps) You lost your job. I didn't lose my job. I got two weeks vacation with pay. It's the first vacation I've had in seven years, and I wanted to enjoy it. But no, you wouldn't stand for that, would you? How can you say that, John? Of course. Of course I want you to enjoy yourself. Where's the money? In my wallet. Two whole weeks pay. Now, do you mind if I rest? You know, John, I haven't had a vacation either. A change of scene will do us both a world of good. If you're so tired, there's only one thing in the world for you to do. He's doing it. Where did he say that money was? Here it is. Two weeks' pay. Blanche, put that money back. Oh, I I thought you were sleeping, dear. What were you doing with that money? What's the matter, Blanche? I'm not doing anything. I'm just counting it to see if they gave you the right amount. It's the right amount. Put it back and go to sleep. You needn't talk like that. I wasn't going to steal it. Who said you were? Just like you to make a crack like that. I didn't make any cracks at all. Go on. Call the police. Have me arrested. Put me in prison. Nobody's putting you in prison. They'll lock me up in solitary confinement. Rats running all over me in my cell. And I stand helpless, shaking, behind iron bars. No way to escape. Blanche. Oh, why don't you send me a hacksaw, John? You're getting hysterical. Well, don't go accusing me of taking your money. It's half mine anyway. It's all yours. All I want is sleep. I don't see why we can't go away on a vacation for a few days. You go. I told you I'm going to do nothing but sleep for the whole two weeks. 
You'll have to get up sometime. Not even once. How are you going to collect your unemployment insurance? What unemployment insurance? You're going to be out of work for two weeks. You can't collect unemployment insurance if you've got a job. If you're not working, you haven't got a job, have you? That's different. Why? I don't know why. Nobody does it, that's all. Well, what's the good of unemployment insurance if you don't get any money when you're unemployed? Being on vacation is not the same as being unemployed. Don't tell me. What? Clara's husband, Barney, has never had a job his whole life, and he collects his unemployment check every week. He can't collect any checks if he doesn't work. I thought you said they only pay you when you don't work. That's right. But you have to work before you can be out of work so you have a legitimate claim for the money you earn that you don't get. I don't get it. Oh, leave me alone. And I'm telling you now, John, you've got two weeks off and you're going to do one of two things. Do you hear me? I hear you. Either you start collecting your unemployment insurance or else you fill in those two weeks with another job. Another job? This is my vacation. I don't care. It won't hurt you to work those two weeks. And we could use the money. <sighs> okay, I'll get another job in the morning. You say it, but you won't do it. Do it now. What? Go on. Get up. Get a job, you loafer. What kind of a job can I get at two o'clock in the morning? What's the matter with being a night watchman? I won't do it. I won't do it. You've got no right to deprive me of my two weeks off. I don't care what happens. I won't get another job. All right, then. Promise you'll take me away on a vacation. There's no way out. I promise. Will you swear? Every minute that we're away. I know where we'll go. Lake Tahoe. I'll only have to buy a few more dresses, and you can wear your dungarees all the time. Okay. Just tell them you came in from fishing, and if it gets cold, I've got just the thing. Let me show you what I picked up on sale yesterday. I don't want to see it. Just look at this, John. Isn't it stunning? What's so stunning about a bath rug? It's a fur cape, silly. Well, where's the fur? Well, that's the way it's supposed to look. It's the very latest style. Sheared beaver. Sheared beaver? It's been clipped. So have I. You have not. This is worth every penny, John. You know I'm a good judge of furs. Oh, sure. The past two years you bought a bald mink and a plucked skunk. Well, what's wrong with them? The mink stinks and the skunk shrunk. Blanche, how much did you pay for this one? Only $94. $94? Oh, Blanche, you didn't. Get that money back, you hear me? Get that money back. Don't get hysterical. As soon as the... Blanche, how could you do this to me? I deny myself everything. I've been sewing heels on your old pocketbooks and wearing them for shoes. I've been eating the padding out of my overcoat shoulders to save on breakfast cereal. I don't even drink my bourbon anymore. I just chew the cork and hit myself on the head with the bottle. I never spend a nickel on myself. You bought a bag of popcorn yesterday. That wasn't popcorn. My teeth fell out from malnutrition. I'm warning you, Blanche. Blanche, you're not going to get away with it. What do you want? Hello, Bickerson. This is Mr. Guernsey. Yes. Uh, oh, hello, Mr. Guernsey. I hate to be calling you at this hour, Bickerson, but something very urgent has come up. What happened? I just received word that our Chicago plant burned down, and we weren't covered. This morning, I filed bankruptcy proceedings, and I'm closing up for good. What? I trust you'll find a new position, and I do wish you good luck. Well, uh, thanks. By the way, Bickerson, would you mind sending back that two-week salary I gave you? I need every penny I can scrape together. Yeah, um, sure, I'll send it. Uh, goodbye. Well, did you hear that, Blanche? No, what was it? 
My boss, Mr. Guernsey, I lost my job. <gasps> wonderful! Wonderful? What's so wonderful about it? Now you can collect your unemployment insurance. Oh, Blanche. Good night, John. Crabgrass, here's to the mortgage. In fact, here's to suburbia. Lay down your briefcase far from the rat race where nothing can disturb ya. Uncomplicated, it's what we waited for so long in this city. Come, let us go there, live like Thoreau there, a life of sweet simplicity. Did you set the thermostat? No, I don't know where it's at. Tuesday the Cub Scouts meet again. Walk the dog and cut the grass. Take the kids to dancing class. Jim's Little League got beat again. Can't keep a maid here no matter. The place has bad publicity. Why did we move here? Don't you remember to, to live, live in sweet simplicity? Here's to Mosquitoes, Clam Dip and Fritos To golf and bridge and scuba there Men wearing knee pants Women in capri pants Discussing what's with Cuba there Each big appliance Treats you with defiance Until it finally falls apart Call the repairman In a week he's there, man To knock your kitchen walls apart Tommy's got a bloody nose Gotta fix the garden hose Book of the month club came today Didn't read the last one yet Yes, you did, but you forget Oh, well, they're all the same today Here's Mrs. Ritter She's the babysitter Tonight Going joyously Back to the city Where life is gay and witty Back to the noise there That everyone enjoys there Back to the crush there Hurry, let us rush there Back to the rat race Don't forget your briefcase Back in the groove there Say, why don't we move there Away, away from, from all of this Sweet simplest this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
The Tom Sumner Program.com. Hello, darling. This is Elvira District of the Dark with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling author photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology.
engineering and IT services at swiftland.technology. The Tom Summer Program.com. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. Um, Rent.com is out with new data on uh, cities with the cheapest rent in the U.S. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit with uh, Rent.com Managing Editor Brian Carberry. He joins me by phone. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. How are you today? I'm doing okay. Um, in the process of putting together these numbers, um, the researchers looked at, at the rental rate, but also the inventory to decide where consumers can get the most bang for their buck as far as rent goes. Um, how much does inventory impact rate? You know, generally when you look at inventory in there, it's kind of a supply and demand type thing, especially if you're in a bigger city. If you're in a city, uh, and I'll use San Diego as an example, which is not one of the cities that we found on our list, but just as an example for a good supply and demand um, situation here, San Diego right now does not have a lot of available units for renters. So you're running into renters there are having to pay a little bit more than they normally would just because there's such demand and just so low levels of inventory. It's a good market for landlords. If there's more inventory in a city like a San Francisco or in New York right now, and a lot of people kind of fleeing those downtown areas, there are more units for rent. You're seeing prices in those cities are really coming down. So when we were looking at inventory with this study, it was more or less to exclude cities that just had such low inventory, and we're talking like seven available apartments. So obviously, you're not going to have any big cities that have that, but certain smaller cities in the country that these prices may not be truly accurate or indicative of what the market is doing just because it's such a low number. So it was really our way of trying to get rid of some of the outliers and come up with a more accurate overall rating and overall list. Um. Are you able to tell from the data the impact that the pandemic has had on inventory rates, people moving around? Um, do, do you get any sense for trends that are happening as a result of the pandemic? You know, in this study, we didn't look at that. We didn't look at kind of a year-over-year analysis, but we've done a lot of other studies that have looked at that whether it's just a, a rent report that we do that looks, and we do that on our sister brand, brand on Apartment Guide, uh, and we do that monthly, and it looks at basically, like you said, kind of a month-over-month -month trend comparing this month to last month, this time of year to last year at this time, and you know we're about a year into the pandemic, a little more than a year into the pandemic right now, and we have noticed a lot of trends looking at that data. And one of the things that we have noticed is, and I talked about it a couple of minutes ago, some of these bigger, notoriously expensive cities, your San Francisco's, your New York's, your LA's of the world, prices are going down in these areas. A lot of it can be attributed to people wanting to move out of the city to get more space. Everyone's been working from home. Everyone's been cooped up. It's tough to survive comfortably in a 600 square foot apartment in a downtown area, especially if all bars are closed, restaurants are closed, there's not a lot to do. It's a lot better living situation for people to move maybe 10 or 15 miles outside of these cities 
pay maybe the same, maybe a little bit less, but get more space. So you have a, a room to work from home and you've got that extra bedroom. You may have more space on the property. You may have a, a backyard or just community amenities that you really didn't have advantage to, or take advantage of when you were in a city. We are definitely seeing that as a trend. We're also seeing some of these mid-sized cities. So places like St. Louis, uh, you know, cities that have maybe 200 to 300,000 people are kind of surging right now because people really can work from wherever they want since we are working from home. You don't need to live in Silicon Valley if you're going to be working for a big tech company because you have the ability to live anywhere and still work and, and be a productive member of that team. So it really, the pandemic really has shaped and shifted a lot of the ways that people are looking at one, what, they're, what they need in a house, and two, the location that they need to live in. Um, the, when it comes to, to inventory and, and pandemic people working from home, um, this idea that uh, more people are going to be working from home, what does that do to office buildings and other commercial real estate in center city areas is that creating, um, are they creating vacancies that are being filled up by developers that are turning them into lofts and apartments and things um, that are more rental based? You know, we're not seeing that happen yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that happening in the next year or two. I think right now all companies are still, most companies, some have already said, you know, your employees can work from home basically indefinitely at this point. You know, Salesforce, Twitter, some of these Larger tech companies are kind of getting on board with that. But I think in most cases, companies are still kind of waiting and seeing what this new future of work is going to look like, where it's definitely going to be some form of a hybrid workplace. I think most of us will, if we have the ability to do so, I mean, if you're working in a hospital or you're a frontline worker, then obviously you have to be on location. But, you know, if it's someone like me or you, we might have the ability to work from home more than we would before. And companies can take that and really save some money on real estate by not having a fully staffed office all the time when people are able to work from home and get things done. So I would not be surprised if you see some of these big downtown buildings or companies, you know, cut their space by half or by a quarter, whatever it might be, but that is going to add up when more companies do it. So I think we're going to have to see where that kind of falls first, what companies do. And then the question becomes what happens with this empty space? There's no doubt that if more people are working from home and less people are in the office, there are going to be vacant places in, in cities all across the country. I think it would be smart for developers to come in and turn these areas into kind of mixed-use loft-style apartments or living spaces. I just don't know when it's going to happen. I do think it will happen. That It will be interesting to watch. And I remember... Oh, a couple of decades ago, maybe longer. I'm getting kind of old, Brian. But um, <laughs> I, I remember the, the big push was people wanted to be in cool cities. Have cool cities been able to keep their cool during the pandemic? You know, I think the definition of cool is kind of subjective and everyone's going to have their own opinion on what makes a city, quote unquote, cool. Fair point. I think for me, if you look at cities that are, and I may be dating myself too, but you see like Portland or Austin, I've always been like those, quote unquote, hipster cities. 
Yeah. I think if you are looking for that type of lifestyle, yeah, you can find it in Portland. You can find it in Seattle. You can find it in Austin. You can find it in a number of cities all across the country. But I think a lot of cities these days have their own unique neighborhoods that even if it's not a quote-unquote cool city, there are desirable places in all cities, whether you want to live in San Francisco or Omaha or Atlanta or Miami or really whatever it is, you're going to find certain pockets in every city that, that is going to be desirable for you. So I think the, the, the idea and the concept of a cool city, while there is still a push for certain people to live there, it's less of a factor right now for people because I think everyone's kind of found a way to make their own cities, you know, cool. What are renters looking for? Is it easy in, easy out? You know, the main thing traditionally that renters have always looked for were two things, were price and location. We've kind of seen price be still be an important factor for a lot of people. I mean, it really dictates everything else. If you're paying too much for an apartment, you're going to be house poor and you're out of luck with anything else you want to do. But location is becoming less of an important factor, as we've been saying, that, you know, you can live anywhere and still work. Um, so, so instead of having location, it's more space right now. So people are looking for larger units. We're seeing a shift towards two-bedroom and three-bedroom rentals that become a lot more in demand. And that could be people moving in with their families. We're seeing a lot of younger generations moving in with older generations and vice versa to kind of consolidate those households, save some money on both sides. And we're also seeing people take on roommates. Another way to cut costs because you can split that rent in half, you split your utilities in half. Or if people have the means to do so and can afford some of these larger units, again, just moving outside of downtown, more expensive areas, they have more space. They have a dedicated room now for an office. so They don't have to work in their bedroom or in their kitchen or whatever it might be. So it's always going to be price. Price is always going to be a big factor for renters. But space and just the size of a unit right now is becoming a very important thing. Is the infrastructure of an area important anymore? At one time, it used to be important to be near an airport, near certain freeways and, and you know, um, live in cities that had thriving downtowns. But as people move away from some of those things, what are the things that are drawing them now? Is it is it tech? Is it Wi-Fi? What, what are the things that are attracting people to certain areas? So for younger renters, it's still walkability. They still want to be able to get to where they're going. Uh, public transportation is a big thing. Obviously, you know, during the pandemic, things have kind of, kind of shifted, but that's always something that, that people are looking for is just even if they can't be downtown, as we've said, that every city has their own little random pockets of neighborhoods. Like I live in Atlanta, and no one goes downtown for anything. You've got all these neighborhoods spread around the city, Atlanta's kind of like L.A. in a sense that it, there's just so many random little pockets of cool neighborhoods that people kind of circle around and try to live in these certain areas. And people are wanting to just kind of move to a neighborhood that they have easy access to these places, maybe not downtown, not so much where they're working anymore. And we're seeing that for a younger generation. For the generations as they get a little bit older, it really is just kind of price. Safety is always a big thing, especially if you're a family with kids or or an older person that, you know, is just concerned about the neighborhood. And you kind of mentioned accessibility to um, airports and highways and whatnot. For travelers, there's always going to be that demand. But really, over the past year, no one's been traveling as much as they used to. Vacations, hopefully, knock on wood, will start up soon as people are getting vaccinated and everything. But 
but just driving to work or driving to visit friends or, or, or family members is not as important as it once was. I mean, it's still important. There's still going to be that, that desire for people to get out and see, you know, friends, family, whatever it might be. But if, if someone's looking for a unit today, it's not a top of mind for them as much as it once was. In the, uh, in the survey that rent.com did, um, Brian, what were some of the top cities for low rent? Yeah, so our survey, we did this a little differently. We've done this in the past where we've just looked at one-bedroom apartment prices because that's always been kind of the standard in the industry for us. One-bedrooms were always basically the most popular. But as I've been saying, there's been a push for different unit sizes. So we've tried to kind of combine all this, looking at studios, one bedrooms, and two bedrooms. We didn't look at three bedrooms here just because there are certain areas of the country and certain cities where just three-bedroom apartments aren't as prevalent. Um, generally, these apartment buildings, when you think of you know, bigger complexes, kind of limit themselves to two bedrooms. If you want a three-bedroom unit, you're looking at kind of a smaller building or, or a single-family landlord who is renting out their house or something like that. We're just looking at big complexes. So when we factored all that in, we found that a lot of these cities are really in the middle of the country and in the southern part of the country. And that kind of makes sense when you just think of cost of living and, and where things tend to be cheapest and, and most expensive. Most expensive is going to be on the coast and the northeast, more affordable at the center of the country, kind of those great plains down into the south. So we found actually the cheapest place to live when you factor in studios, ones and two bedroom apartments is going to be in Springfield, Missouri. And you can get a studio and a one bedroom there for under $640 a month on average and a two bedroom there for about $825 on average. And as I said, I'm in Atlanta. You tell me $825 for a two bedroom and that sounds like a great deal to me. Um, it's all relative. You know, what you're used to paying and where, where you live, where you grew up and everything as you go down the list in the top 10, we've got Fargo, North Dakota, um, Tucson, Arizona, fairly large city, pretty affordable. You pretty much has been always affordable, at least over the past few years. Uh, Greensboro, North Carolina is on there. Grand Forks, North Dakota, Mobile, Alabama, Albuquerque, another city in the southwest. Um, coming back in the middle of the country, Des Moines, which is another thriving city becoming kind of a hotbed for tech. So, you know, if you're looking to get into tech and want to have some cheap living, Des Moines might be a good option, uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, and uh, Omaha, Nebraska, rounding out the top 10. So kind of a kind of hodgepodge of cities, different sizes of cities, but definitely in the middle of the country and then, and then the southern part of the country as well. And are, has that list changed much? You know, as I said, we really didn't look at this last year. Um, we did it a different way. We just looked at one-bedroom units. And we've always seen the middle of the country is, is tends to be the most affordable. Um, the way we did it this year kind of excluded some of the smaller communities because we wanted to find cities that have all three unit types, so studios, ones, and twos. Mm -hmm. If a city just didn't have enough, like, again, we excluded cities with just such low unit type because it wasn't a good indicator of the market. If they didn't have enough of one, they were excluded from the entire study because we wanted to stack up all three against each other. So if you look at just one bedrooms, you're, you're still going to get middle of the country. You're still going to get the south, but you're going to have real small towns, places like Texarkana, Arkansas, Greenville, Texas, 
Leesville, Louisiana, which, you know, nothing against these places, but they're just not as well known as some of the other cities on the list that we did when we kind of excluded the smaller ones and got more well-known places that people are more likely to move to or live in. But they they might be attractive if people find out about them because of this notion that people are beginning to learn how to work from anywhere, and that trend has been accelerated by the pandemic. And I think we're going to see it continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, as I said, nothing against any of these smaller towns. Um, And everyone has their own idea of what a perfect home is. Some people like to live in a big city. Some people like to live in more rural communities. And, you know, there are places all across the country that are suitable for all types of renters. And if you do just look at these cheap places to rent uh, in the smaller towns and just looking at one bedroom averages, I mean, you can find, and I'll quickly scroll through the list that we did on apartment guide. And I'm down to almost a hundred cities where the rent is under $800 a month for a one bedroom apartment. And I mean, that's fairly affordable as, as you and I both know. And, you know, I don't think I paid $800 for rent, you know, anytime, Uh, you know, I, I lived in, more or less larger cities or, or metropolitan areas. But, you know, th- those rent prices, when you consider the national average for one bedroom is about $1,600, you're going to pay about half of that in some of these towns and cities across the country. It just, it just depends on what you're looking for. And if you're yeah, happy see, living in a rural area, you've, you've got options. When you talk about under $800, um, when I was in L.A., and that was a little over 10 years ago, I was paying that for a studio. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I lived in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I'm outside of Richmond, Virginia, about 15 years ago. And I had a two-bedroom apartment because uh, I had a roommate. And we were paying over $1,000. Um, you know, split that in half, and it's, it's less. But uh, even a one-bedroom apartment at that time was, I can tell you, was more than $800. Well, this is um, this is fascinating. How often do you come out with uh, with these reports? You know, generally we'll update our rent price reports about once a year. However, with the pandemic and the the changes that we've seen and just everything right now, we're trying to keep our our fingers on the pulse a little bit better and being mindful of changes that we're seeing. So I wouldn't be surprised if we ran another update uh, in about six months just to see how things have changed using kind of the same methodology we did for this one, and then just really being able to track which cities may be getting more expensive, which ones may be getting less expensive, and might be another way for us to see which cities are starting to rebound from the pandemic, where prices really did come down across most of the country over this past summer. At some point, they're going to go back up, they're going to normalize, and, and this may be a way to help us start to identify those, those rebound trends. Is most of the research that is done by Rent.com um and even apartment guide for that matter, um, is is most of the data that you look at about space availability and rate, or are there other factors that you study in um, relationship to where people might select as living space? Yeah, I mean, we'll look at a lot of different factors. This study really just strictly looked at really rent prices as the main factor. But, you know, we're also going to look to see, you know, best cities for whatever it might be. We just did one recently about best cities for chefs. And we were looking at prevalency of basically gourmet 
food options where you could go and have specialty markets, costs of groceries in an area, uh, per capita, per density, calculations based on business listings. If we do like a best cities for biking or, or some sort of outdoor activity, we'll look at weather data, cities where there's the most sunny days or the, the mean temperature in a year. So I mean, we do take a lot of different factors into consideration. It just, it depends on the specific type of study and article that we do. And between rent.com and apartment guide, we'll put out anywhere from five to 10 of these types of articles a month. As I said, recently we're doing more of a focus on uh, rent prices because it just is a little bit more of a, a hot button issue right now, I guess you could say, or just a hot topic just with what the pandemic is doing. But we're always taking a look at different factors that can help narrow in on cities for specific types of renters and specific demographics. And and who benefits most from uh, from these um, these reports? Is it John Q. Public? Is it realtors uh, and other professionals, property owners, and so on? Yeah, you know, I think everyone can benefit from it, especially when you look at rent prices. Um, yes, it's helpful for property owners to understand what trends are in the cities where they have properties. It's important for media members like yourself who are just kind of trying to share information with the public. And it's also important for renters because as they're going in and looking for a place to live, the more information they have about their specific market, the better equipped they are to really understand if a property that they're looking at or apartment that they're looking at is priced fairly compared to, you know, what they could expect to pay on average. We'll even break it down within specific cities sometimes by the neighborhood level. So if you say, you know, I'm looking for a place in Chicago, what is the cost going to be in, you know, Wrigleyville versus Hyde Park versus the Museum District or anything like that? Just so renters really have that information at their fingertips and know what they're getting into when they're going out and looking for a place to live. Especially during the pandemic, a lot has changed and preconceived notions in your mind of what you can get for the money that you have may not be as accurate as they were this time last year. Um, Brian, where can people go to to see this information and to look at the different uh, information uh, or studies and, and reports that you've done? Is it at rent.com? Yep, so rent.com, uh, we have it on our blog. So it's uh, rent.com backslash blog. And you'll find all of our reports that we've done there, whether it's data-driven content or really any type how-to articles. If you're, if you're looking to rent somewhere and you just want basic information, like what do I need to bring when I try to go on an apartment tour, when I'm applying for an apartment, financial questions that you might have, questions about living with pets, living with a roommate, really whatever you have, we try to have helpful information and guides for renters. Uh, again, that's rent.com slash blog. And again, our sister brand, Apartment Guide, same type of stuff there, apartmentguide.com slash blog. Go there, check it out. You'll find lots of useful stuff. Well, Brian, thanks so much for spending a little time with me uh, this morning and sharing this information with me and the listeners and and for doing these reports and keeping track of uh, what is going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me, and I'm you know happy to help out you and, and your listeners as they're trying to find a place to live. All right. Take care. Thank you. That was Brian Carberry, Managing Editor with uh, Rent.com. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight up. I know of a place where you never get harmed. 
a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hey <laughs> this is the unknown comic and guess what you're listening to the tom sumner show right now and now and now too and even now Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I really have a yen to go back once again Back to the place where no one wears a frown to see once more those super special, just plain folks in my hometown. No fellow could ignore the little girl next door. She sure looked sweet in her first evening gown. Now there's a charge for what she used to give for free in my hometown. on the corner he was never mean or ornery he was swell he killed his mother-in-law and ground her up real well and sprinkled just a bit over each banana split the guy that taught us math who never took a bath acquired a certain measure of renown and after school, he sold the most amazing pictures in my hometown. That fellow was no fool who taught our Sunday school, and neither was our kindly Parson Brown. I guess I better leave this line out just to be on the safe side. In my hometown. And though it seems a pity it was so He loved to burn down houses just to watch the glow And nothing could be done Because he was the mayor's son The guy that took a knife And monogrammed his wife Then dropped her in the pond And watched her drown Oh yes indeed, the people there are just plain folks in my hometown This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
from the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. Well, that wraps it up for this eclectic edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Uh, this uh, last hour, we spent a little time with... Uh, Rent.com Managing Editor Brian Carberry talking about uh, the cheapest cities to live in. And uh, in the hour before that, and the first couple hours, we uh, kind of matched some things up, starting with, um, uh, in the first hour, we had, um, oh, who did we have with us? Uh, Dr. Stephen Ridella. And... Uh, we matched him up with Adrian Woodland um, from AAA. He was talking about, um, he's from the uh, National Highway Safety, uh, Traffic Safety Administration, talking about uh, vehicle recalls. And uh, Adrian from AAA was talking about road rage. We thought they'd be uh, pretty good uh, companions there. And then uh, in the first hour, we talked with uh, A.J. Barkley from Bank of America uh, about first-time homebuyers and, and tips for first-time homebuyers. And then we uh, teamed that up with uh, Linda Gartz, who uh, has written a book called Redlined, about, well, her experiences and things that she learned about house selling uh, practices in Chicago when she was young and growing up. Anyway, uh, definitely an eclectic version of the Tom Sumner program uh, today. That's Smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head back on down the hall to the living room. But I'll be back for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. So keep tuning in. We love, uh, we love having you along with us for these great conversations. I hope you enjoy them as much as, uh, as I do. And with that, I'll just say... Uh, See you next time. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.